Now let's move on because this is uh, the next one. A spirit of excellence. This is a character trait that we should all adopt. Who thinks that their life could be improved, improved if they adopted a spirit of excellence in everything they did? If everything you did, if all the work that you did and everything that you, um, you put your hand to was excellent in quality and, and, and you put your heart and soul into everything, do you think your life could be better? Yeah? That's good. Daniel 6.3. Who's read the story of Daniel? Who's read the book of Daniel? Everyone? Yep. And anyone who reads about Daniel will be amazed and also... Um, his three companions, that they were all excellent in what they did to the point where uh, Nebuchadnezzar promoted them to the highest places and Daniel could interpret dreams and God gave him um, uh, an excellent character, great wisdom. And, and God gave him these things because he saw that he was faithful in the small things and therefore he could see that he would be faithful with much. And so Daniel is a really good example for us. And it says here, it says, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Hear that? The king planned to set him among, uh, over the whole kingdom. In the ESV, it said that during, in that same scripture, it said that he had a spirit of excellence. A spirit of excellence in everything he did. If you're studying, have a spirit of excellence. Do your, uh, make sure that you put everything into your study. Don't be slapdash. Don't just do what is you know, just required. Do Always do a little bit more. And you'll find that your studying will go better. At your workplace, in your workplace, always work harder than the boss expects you to work. I remember um, listening to Brian Tracy talking about how in his workplace, and he, he ended up like a, a like state-level manager and country manager and of this company he worked for, that he used to go to his boss and say, uh, have you got anything else for me to do? And he says, no, 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 just your work and the things that are assigned to you to do is all you need to do. And he says, no, but I finished everything. Oh, give me some more to do. So his boss gave him more to do. And then he went and he said, the moment he got more to do, he went and did it. And the next morning he had it and he put it on his desk and he said, there it is, finished. And he said, you got some more to do? And the guy goes, okay, I'll give you some more to do. And he, he handed him more work to do and he worked the whole weekend, flat out, get it finished, come back on Monday morning, bang, it's on his desk, done. And he's like, oh, you know, wow, because months and months and months would go by and before he knew it, his boss was saying, if I want something done, who do I get? I get Brian to do it because he does it and he does it well and, you know, A-class work and he does it fast, it's there in such a short time. So before he knew it, this guy's getting higher and higher positions. Before he knew it, he's uh, the manager of his whole department and then he ended up the regional manager and then he ended up the state manager and then the country manager of his company. Because he was faithful, he had a spirit of excellence in everything that he did. And why I'm saying this is because Christians, all Christians, should, that should be one of the things that we are set apart by is that our level of, um, of excellence should be that high that no matter what we put our hands to, we do it better than anybody else. Because we should do it as if we're doing it for God and not men. You know what I mean? So, and Daniel was an example of that. That's why he was going to get put over the whole kingdom. And they plotted against him if you read the story. The word excellent comes from the word excel. It is the state of excelling. To excel in whatever you do. If you excel it in your field, you, are, you have a spirit of excellence. 
Philippians 4.8. Let's quickly do a few scriptures. All right, and it says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So there should be nothing but these sorts of things being thought about and practiced in a Christian's life. If we practice all those things, if we live by those things, we will have, again, that spirit of excellence flowing out of our life. Colossians 3.23, let's turn there as well. And it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, since, uh, as if working for the Lord and not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So in your workplace, work as if you're working for God and not men. And excel in that. And be exemplary. Do, go above what they expect of you. Go over and above and you'll become noticed. You'll get noticed very quickly. And if you keep on doing that and you do that with consistency, whenever they consider something to be done, you'll be the person they think of because you always are cut above the rest. Uh, Titus 2, 7 to 8. Let's go there as well. Titus 2, verse 7 to 8. And it says, In everything set them an example by doing what is good. So there we are. We are to set them an example. We are to set the world an example by doing what is good. Should a Christian be caught, you know, loafing on the job? Should a Christian be, you know, late to work and the first one to leave? And Do you know what I mean? Should a Christian take a, a two-hour lunch break in his one-hour lunch break? You know, those sorts of things. And, you know, it's very easy to fall into that. If you, if you have the opportunity, you know what I mean? But we should set an example by doing what is good. In your, in your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you will be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about you or about us. And so that's living the Christian life in before men in such a way that no one can say anything bad about you because they just say, well, you know, as far as everything I know about this guy, he does everything really really well who knows daniel lived like that and they still tried to pin him didn't they they still tried to remove him and they will to the christians as well but let them have to make up a story you know not don't let them have a story that they can use against you because you've actually done the bad thing now proverbs twenty two twenty nine, and proverbs i've always liked the scripture it says do you see a man skilled in his work he will serve before kings he will not serve before obscure men who wants to serve before kings, especially the king of kings? Yeah, Do your work with excellence. Excel in your work and you will serve at the higher level you'll s- and, and you'll be sought after. I know a lady who worked in advertising and uh, her company, um, and she, was, she produces some really high level um, ad- advertising you know, uh, commercials for TV. And uh, she recently left her job and she's now, um, you know, uh, what I call it, solo um, freelance. And all the companies around Adelaide no- have found out she's freelancing and she's just inundated with calls because she's just the best at what she does. She just, they know if I get this woman to do this, to do my commercial, it's going to be a top commercial. And so she's just busier than ever. And she used to get paid really poorly by the company she worked for and now she's getting paid top dollar because she's, she took the risk and went freelance. So having that spirit of excellence, 
can really turn things around. All right, so we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but it is a habit. Excellence is a habit. It's a habit you form. You don't just say, I'm going to be excellent today and then tomorrow forget about doing it. You, you do it every single day. You work better than the next person every single day. You exceed your own expectations every day. And you do that every day, you'll have the best job. You'll never lose your job because they will be too scared to lose you. And you'll be able to, you know, if your company has those positions where you can, you know, move up in your company, there will be openings as well. And the good thing that will, this will be is it's going to be an incredible witness. Because they'll find out, you know, like just say Ricardo's excelling in his company. Ricardo, he's the best worker I've got. I can trust him with anything. He does everything fast and he does it better than anybody else. And he's a Christian. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> Good promotion. <laughs> you can take that off the internet, just that little bit. <laughs> Put it on your resume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But wouldn't you like to have that sort of a... Uh, you know, reputation, yeah, among your peers. You know, and don't get me wrong, your peers won't all like you having that reputation, but at the same time, well, you shouldn't care less, you know, uh, they won't be able to deny it either because they'll know you're the guy that gets everything done or you're the woman that does everything on time and ahead of time. And, and sorry, I'll go back to this. We are what we repeatedly do. We just got to keep doing it every single day. You might for the first month not even get might not get noticed but god notices and then he makes it um he will bring it to light if you keep on doing it every day it'll get brought to light and before you know it everyone will notice because your work will be that much better than anybody else's excellence is the gradual result of always striving to do better just striving every day to do better now let's bring this i want to bring this in perspective to christianity directly an excellent christian life is something that you strive to achieve daily. You don't have excellence in Christian life uh, vicariously, which means it just happens automatically. It, it comes about through effort. Who knows that to live a holy life, you've got to watch your life closely. Yeah, You've got to watch your life. That's one thing it says. Watch your life and also watch your doctrine. You've got to watch your life, the things that you do, the things that you say, the th you know how you... Um, Act around people, those sorts of things. The things you listen to, exactly. Um, but you've also got to watch your doctrine, which is uh, what you believe. You've got to make sure what you believe is true as well. Excellence is the gradual result. So it's not, you know, like, like you know, you walk into the gym, start doing arm curls, don't expect to have 18-inch biceps the first day you walk into a gym. It comes about gradually. Now, once you have experienced excellence, you will never again be content with mediocrity. Once you've got there, once you've moved yourself to that point where you are living an excellent life, you won't want to live a mediocre life. You'll want to continue to live like that. And you know some of the best Christian men and women of the past have been exceptional uh, people in, in their workplace and exceptional in other fields. And when they became Christian, they just applied the same principles into their Christian life. Who knows what I'm saying is true. I've read a lot of biographies. You know, Charles Finney was an A-class lawyer before he became a Christian. He was a top-line lawyer. He could have been an exceptionally wealthy man back then, but he chose Jesus Christ and he poured himself into that with excellence, the same commitment that he did to law.
Excellence is doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. Just doing ordinary things. You get given a task, do it well, but do it above average. And just doing it every single day, just every single day, and it changes you, it changes your reputation, it changes everything. Every job is a self-portrait of the person who does it. Autograph your work with excellence. When you do something, that's, that's a self-portrait of you. And I think that's an important thing. Because that's your, in a, in a way, what, everything you do in life is a legacy. You're leaving it behind you. you know, when, when Andy does a plumbing job, you know, he leaves a bit of himself there. So if it starts leaking after he's left, it's not good. <laughs> that was your apprentice, yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah. Everything you do is a portrait, is a signature. So do it really, really well. Make sure that you leave that legacy behind you, that it's a legacy of excellence. Productivity is never an accident. It is always the result of commitment to excellence, intelligent planning, and focused effort. You could, I could really talk about that quite a bit, but I'm only going to just talk about the part of excellence. Is If you want to be productive, you can be productive without being excellent, by the way, so it's not a completely true um, statement. You can be productive, but you can just produce really, really poor quality, can't you? <laughs> Who buys stuff sometimes and you just think, man, who made that? It's a piece of junk. You know, remember that set of scales we bought? Took it home and just wouldn't work, but it was all plastic and as light as a feather. And I'm thinking, why did I go for the $10 thing? Oh, it was $6 actually, it wasn't $10. <laughs> so I went and spent 25 26 bucks, but... Always go for the cheapest thing first. You never know. It could work really, really well. It might be better. To be productive in a quality sense, you must have a spirit of excellence. I've seen Bill. This is an interesting thing, Bill. Um, we bought a ring from Bill's shop, and he, we bought this ring, and uh, he gave us too much discount, by the way. And he put it in a, this beautiful box, and then he, he wrapped it, and then he put it in his bag. He just did this, all this stuff to it. And like it was so nice, in the end, I didn't even want to unwrap it. You know, like it, it was just too nice. to. I think you spent more on the wrapping and everything that went with it than the ring was worth. <laughs> but it was that, I was pretty blown away. I was thinking, wow, that is excellent. Like he's really done a beautiful thing. Like now the ring looks extra special. You know, it's, it better shine, you know, to meet up with the packaging that Bill put it all in. And I think that that sort of quality, when you get, get that in service, you go back to those sort of shops, don't you? You go back again, especially when Bill starts talking to you and listens, because he listens so well. And then he preaches Jesus. I don't know how you do it, but he finds a way of preaching. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He just, he's amazing. Like, I've, I've been to his shop and never witnessed so many people in one hour. Just Rob's, um, Bill's going, oh, Rob's here, my pastor. You have to speak to this guy. And then another guy walked in, Rob, you've got to speak to this guy. And I'm like talking to people about Jesus. And there's all these, you know, things going on. And uh, he's not, a, not shy to preach the gospel. But I think the way he does it too, um, in the spirit that he does it, no one gets offended. And it's a wonderful thing to see. So he's got a real gift there. All right, so we're to be excellent in what? We should excel and be excellent in all Christian qualities. Love, faith, prayer, devotion. Who could say that they have a prayer life and a devotional life of excellence? 
put your hand up if you feel you're excellent in that area. There's not many of us, so I can't use you as a, I can't source uh, yeah, a, sample, a good sample of a cross-section of the society or of this church. But I, I would say even if the church was full today, I, I, I wouldn't say anyone would have their hand up. Would, or is that a good thing? Do you think that some of us here should be feeling that we have an excellent prayer life? We should be. We should be feeling it. We should be. It shouldn't be one of those things that, oh, I shouldn't really feel that I have a good prayer life because I should have a better prayer life. If our prayer life is already pretty good, like if you're praying for, you know, two hours a day, you could put your hand up and say, yeah, I do. I commit to prayer every single day for two hours. And I read the Bible for an hour and I, I listen to an hour's worth of sermons or something. So my devotional life is intact. So... The fact that we can't put our hand up is a, is a real evidence to us that something needs to change. Who believes it should change? Yeah? And who wants it to change? So what sort of a commitment would you guys be willing to commit to to make it change? Could you put aside the time? Yeah? Who prays? Let me just ask you some questions. I need to get a rundown on this. Who prays for an hour a day? hour a day half an hour 15 minutes 15 minutes F five minutes anyone pray for five minutes we all should have a hand up for five minutes yeah who reads the bible for five minutes a day yeah 10 20 minutes or sh never sometimes never but who reads the bible at least once a week yeah everyone all right. So what this should actually uh, speak to you quite clearly. What should we be doing as Christians? Well, uh, in my book, God's Heart Cry for Revival, I wrote that um, as Christians, you would think that we would love to spend time in prayer, that we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. We realize that, you know, um, the wonderful sacrifice that he's made for us and we realize that he's given us the most wonderful book to guide us and who at first would, was passionate about that when you first became a Christian put your hand up if you're passionate yeah and who knows that over time that sort of wanes yeah I love new Christians because they get so excited and they're like into it and um, and I don't want, ever want to try to you know, bring them back down to earth, but I know that in a year's time, they're not going to be like that. Um, but it shouldn't be. We should actually go from strength to strength. The only reason, and why do you think the, the, what do you think the reason is that after a year, we're not so passionate? You get used to it and take it for granted. You're staking off. Um, do you... Anyone else with some suggestions? Interactive. There's only a few of you, so may as well. No? Yeah. So, yep, yep. What about what other things get, what what's distractions come our way in life? Anyone come and help me out here? <laughs> yeah. 
family, work, television. Right? How many of us spend far too much time in front of the TV? Anyone? Big TV fan here? Yeah, who spends a fair bit of time in front of the computer every day? Yeah. Um, who, who reads the newspaper every day? No? Not newspaper people? I'm asking these questions to get you thinking. You, you've got to think like this. You know, we all have 24 hours a day, don't we? The most, uh, you know, the most successful Christians in the eyes of Jesus have and had, have, have, have had, have had, have had, that's the other way around, have had 24 hours in a day. We have 24 hours in a day. They use their 24 hours a little bit different to us, right? We get sidetracked. We get distracted. We get our thoughts driven by culture and, and everything else. And in this day and age, there's even more distractions because you get in front of the computer. You know, how many times have you sat down and said, oh, I'll turn the computer on, I'm going to search out a Christian verse or something and you sit down and you start and before you know it you never ended up searching out your thing you finally you went on the computer for and after two hours you turn off the computer and you walk away and you go oh, I didn't actually find the thing I went on there for because it, it's like it just takes you and the, and the perfect example is you know surfing the net you know when you catch a wave Andy knows about catching waves you catch a wave and sometimes that wave will take you all the way to the shore you know, and that's what happens. You get on, you catch a wave of something, and it might not be the wave you wanted, and you're going in a direction that you didn't want to necessarily go in. Yeah, it goes out. The, well, you don't want to have a tsunami wave. Yeah, it takes you, sucks you out. But um, so the, the thing is, is we have 24 hours in a day, but we've, what we do is we don't schedule any time for God. We leave God to the last thing. You know, and it's just the same with even going to church, especially in, in the Western world. Going to church is also one of those things that most people just, oh, it's Sunday. Why do I have to go to church? I've worked all week. All I want to do is sleep. You know, so they see it as that day just to rest. And, uh, and so they'll come when they feel strong enough or feel awake enough to come. But it's, it's this whole thing of putting God first. You know, schedule time in, into your day, every day for God. Who knows you need it? Yeah. Who knows if you start your day with an hour's prayer, that that's usually the sign that that day is going to be a terrific day. Yeah. Who feels good after they've done a really passionate bout of prayer? Yeah. Anyone ever done a passionate bout of prayer? Yeah. Yeah. So try to find time. Give God time in your day. Give Him time and read the Bible. Even just sit down and say, "I'm going to spend 15 minutes reading the Bible, and I'm going to have 15 minutes in prayer, and I'm going to have that half an hour, and it's going to be the same every day. I'm going to get a spirit of excellence about it. It's going to happen no matter whether I like it or not. I'm just going to do it, and I'm going to create that positive habit, and do it every day. Do it every day, and then as you do it for a while, you find it gets easier and easier, and then you think, okay, I'll extend it out." Let's go to three quarters of an hour or up to an hour. And uh, who knows it's important, if especially in, in relationships, it's important that husbands and wives pray together, that we should get together and pray. And, and there's nothing like the, un the unity that can come through praying as a couple. So um, keep that in mind and, and try to say, okay, what about 
you know, every day we'll, we'll try to spend from 7.30 to 7.45, let's pray together. You know, or, you know, Nick and Athena, when you're putting the kids to bed, spend, get the whole family in there and the four of you all pray for 15, 20 minutes as a family unit, you know, and get the little ones and train them to pray. And you all go around and, and pray in a circle sort of thing and, and doing that sort of thing. But habit is what we need to create. And Christians should be creatures of habit, of real positive habits. All right, I'm going to try to speed it to an end now. We should excel but, and be excellent in school, in the workplace, and our chosen vocation. Everything we do, we should have that spirit of excellence. We should excel and be excellent in fulfilling the Great Commission, in telling people about Jesus Christ. And that should be something that we study. I plan to do a sermon on, on witnessing, a sermon on how to speak to people. And there's some great books that have been written about um, ways of approaching people and, and, and just a few simple things to remember when you speak to them. Scriptures that you should have memorized, just a handful of scriptures you should know. And Bill's been doing a great job with that. If you've been studying the scriptures with, uh, that Bill's been giving us, you should have quite a few in your memory already. And we should excel and be excellent in family and relationships. Amen. I hope you guys have got something from this. Yeah, has it been good? Has it been good? Oh, that's good. All right. So thank you, Lord, for this time and thank you for uh, bringing these wonderful people here and that we've had this, uh, um, we still conducted this service and Lord, I just put everything into it uh, with all my heart and I just pray that everyone here received it with all their heart. And I pray that this sermon will really uh, change us and transform us and, and create in us a uh, change of attitude uh, towards a few important traits that we should adopt as Christians. And uh, Lord, I pray that it really does make a difference in every aspect of our lives and that we can grow stronger and stronger as Christians in it. Lord, help us all here, especially in relation to prayer and, and devotion that you can help us to become really uh, efficient in this and, uh, and disciplined and, and create a positive habit of it and that it would have an effect on, uh, of changing us and making us into the people you've created us to be. So I pray this in your wonderful name and I just pray that you be with us now, that you protect us uh, as we travel home, that you look after us as we um, go through our week, that you uh, watch over us continually and hear our prayers, Lord. Also bless the fellowship time and may we have a great time uh, together and as we uh, fellowship together. And so um, we thank you for this and ask you to be with us now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.